the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. Time and time again, you hear preachers like me, we sound like a broken record. Do not separate studying scriptures from praying. When you pray, I don't know what your prayer life is. I walk an hour and a half every morning because I want to stay in shape. All right? That's when I do my praying. I listen to scriptures and I pray. I listen to scriptures and I pray. And sometimes there's a message, there's a, there's a sermon that comes out of that. But I don't do that to elicit anything. I do that because I can't function spiritually without that in my life. And neither can any one of us this morning. We have to do it. It's, it's, it's part of the battle that we're, we're fighting. And um, we can't convince ourselves that we can do this Christian life on our own. We need to depend. So dependence is our main weapon. Jesus himself said these words to his disciples. Okay, it's in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have what? Trouble. In this world, Jesus, Jesus said this, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Now, that's dependence on Jesus. That's not when you have a problem. I sure hope you didn't come to church this morning because you're dealing with a problem, because you'll always be dealing with a problem. Throughout your life, there will always be something to deal with, okay? There's always been big or small. There will always be things in life like that. But you have come here because you depend on the presence of the Lord in your life. The main defensive weapon we have in this battle is dependence on God's power. So we accept the condition and we are, that we are in a battle and the battle is difficult and we need the power of God to defend us. So secondly, we need to acknowledge the command given in this, in this battle. We need to acknowledge the command. Look at verse 11. He says, now, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Now, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Uh, l- l- let, me, let me just say this morning that... Um, this armor is not a set of principles. And I say this all the time, forgive me. You know, part of teaching is causing people to learn. So part of teaching means we need to repeat things, right? If I sound like I say these things all the time, it's because my number one goal is to make sure that this is kind of 
implanted in, in each and every one of us, that I'm reminded of this every day. The armor here is Jesus. It's what Jesus represents in each and every one of us. This is what Jesus, this is what we gain. This is what we got out from Jesus. This is what Jesus gives us, okay? So he says, put on the full armor of God. For what purpose? So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Let me give you some surveys about what Christians believe, okay? This is a very reputable group, uh, Christian surveyors, okay? The Barna Research Group. Uh, they're, they're, the, they're at the top of, of, uh, of, of the line as far as I'm concerned when it comes to, you know, to doing these surveys. Now listen to this. Just, just get an idea. Four out of ten Christians, that's 40%, strongly agreed that Satan is not a living being, but is only a symbol of evil. That's 40% of Christians. That the devil doesn't really exist. There's no devil. But he's the symbol of evil. An additional two out of ten Christians, that's 19%, somewhat agree to that assessment. 26% believe Satan is a real being. That's a, that's a good thing, but that number is very low. 9% of Christians do not believe in the devil altogether. And 9% do not know what to believe. About half, 47% of those Christians surveyed who believe that Satan is merely a symbol of evil nevertheless agreed that a person can be under the influence of spiritual forces such as demons. Okay? So we kind of believe that there are demons, but we also believe that Satan is simply a symbol of evil, even though the Bible clearly speaks of Jesus as a real being, a real personal being. About half, 49% of those who agree that the Holy Spirit is, is, only, uh, is only a symbol but not a living entity also agree that the Bible is totally accurate in all the principles it teaches, even though the Bible clearly describes the Holy Spirit as more than a symbolic reference to God's power or presence. So a, a large number of Christians believe the Holy Spirit is just a, a, is, is just a symbolic entity that represents God's power or presence. So they believe in the Holy Spirit the same way they believe in the devil, which is just symbolic. About one-third, 33% of self-defined Christians who agree that the Bible, who agrees that the Bible, the Quran, and the Book of Mormon all teach the same truths simultaneously and contend that the Bible is totally accurate in its principles, even though the three sacred books have very different ideas about truth, salvation, and the nature of God. So, 33% of Christians believe that there is another acceptable way to a relationship with God than just the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's alarming. How in the world are we to fight the battle when many of us really don't recognize that we have an enemy and many don't even think that the things that are happening in the world you know, are just are real, are real works of dark, darkness, real works of the devil. And they don't believe that the, that the real spiritual revivals that are going on in the world, they're not the work of the Holy Spirit. They're just events. 
I mean, how in the world are we going to win this battle? When many of us don't even recognize that, that we are in that battle, and many of us don't recognize our power, and we don't recognize who we are fighting with. So the next thing that Paul says is for us to be equipped. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. He says, be equipped. Put on Jesus. You got to know who Jesus is. You got to know what you received in Jesus. You need to receive this full armor. You, ha- you have to underline the word full. There's no such thing as a partial armor. Imagine a soldier going to war uh, without a gun. Now, you can have a helmet, you can have all of these things, but if you don't have all the weapons that you need, you're not going to have a, an easy time fighting the battle. So we are commanded in Scriptures to put on the full armor of God, to be equipped completely. You got to have the entire gear. You have to have the, the whole of Jesus. You can't have Jesus as 50%. And we think Jesus can be bought at, uh, on sale. And Christianity is 50%. My trust in Jesus is 50%. I take care of the... He can't do that. Full armor. Okay, what are these armors? There are six of them, actually seven, but there are six specific ones. Number one, truth. God's greatest gift to humanity is not love. God is love. There's no doubt about that. All right? But His greatest gift to humanity is the truth. Truth is not what. It's a who. Truth. The, the Bible says that uh, the devil is a liar. And the only way you can really fight against him is if we fight him with the armor of truth. I think if I'm not mistaken, this is a, like a, a, the belt of truth. You know, we have, to, we have to do that. This is what Jesus has to say about Satan. John 8, 44. He's talking to those religious, religious Pharisees. He says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. See, this enemy called the devil that we have, he's a liar. He lies about everything. He twists the truth. He takes the truth and twists it. So it's not just a flat-out lie where he's not telling you the facts. He's also capable of lying to us and convincing us with half-truths and twisted truths. How do we fight that? We need to be people of integrity. We need to be who we are in Christ. We need to know who we are. We need to know that we live by the truth of scriptures. We need to know how to live out this life, understanding the words of Jesus. Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commandments. It's not just a testimony that, oh, you know, we love you, Jesus. And No, this is a weapon. To obey the commands of the Lord is a weapon, the weapon of truth, a clear conscience Removes the fear of fighting an enemy that accuses us, that puts us down. It's not enough to believe in the truth, but also to stand by the truth. Don't give up on God's word. You know, I can go on and on about the things that are going on in our world, but you know what's going on in our world. You and I should be able to identify a lie when it, is, when it confronts us because we know the truth. 
We need to live by the words of Christ. Secondly, righteousness. It's called the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness is a symbol of our standing with Christ. It's our position. We are righteous. Godliness destroys the influence of the devil, the world, and the flesh. That's a weapon that, that can destroy the devil. Here's what Jesus says, 2 Corinthians 5.21. Scripture says, rather, God made him, that's Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So we put on the righteousness of Jesus. Every day, remember that positionally you and I are already righteous, right? Because Jesus died on the cross and he takes away our righteousness, which is like filthy rags anyway, our own ability to be good and to do the things that are right. He takes that, throws it away, and he puts on us his righteousness. He clothes, he he gave us a new clothing, and that clothing is righteousness. Now, here's the thing. The problem is, okay, now we're positionally righteous, but then again, you know, we still stumble and we fall. We, you know, we commit sin. All of us do that. So what do we need to do? We fight. We are in a fight. So when there is a a, a level of unrighteousness that happens, we fight that. Amen? We constantly fight the temptations that goes against our righteous standing with God. If you're a Christian and somebody encourages you, decides to to, to make you do unchristian things, you make a stand. You say, I can't do that because I'm a follower of Jesus. You can't do that. There are some things that we can't do once we become Christians. We can't swear. Oh, pastor, you know, you know why, why, why couldn't I swear when I'm angry or something like that? You can't swear, period. You can't. You can't get drunk. Oh, some of you say, oh, you know, hey, hey, hey. What do you mean I can't get drunk? Oh, you're now being a legalistic person now, pastor. You're now, you know, you're speaking like a preacher from the 40s and 50s now. No, the Word of God hasn't changed. Paul says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's in there. Okay, why can't I do that? You, know. you can't gossip anymore. Not that you don't, but you can't. Not that you, 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 you don't do it from that, but you can't. So what happens when we do do it? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says we are a new creation. 1 John 1.9 says if you confess your sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. We need to repent of This is Righteousness. Number three, the gospel. Yeah, it's a, it's a weapon. The gospel is a weapon. What kind of weapon is the gospel? It's called the gospel of peace. Understand that in Christ, because of the cross, three things happen. We receive peace from God. We're not the enemy of God anymore. We have the peace of God. That's the peace that we use when we're in trouble. And peace from God, that's a supernatural peace that we receive when we're in the middle of trouble. When you're dying of cancer and you have peace in your heart, that's from God. That's what you get from the gospel. That's a weapon against the lie of the devil that says, ah, you're sick because of this. Or you're sick, you're going to die and all that. So what? Everybody dies. Why are we afraid of dying? Because we don't have peace. Why are we afraid to die? Because we, we, we don't have peace from God. We're, we're afraid because we never received the gospel of peace. Therefore, since we have been justified, Romans 5.1 says, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, you know how the magnitude and the, the power of that peace. You know what the devil uses? Turmoil. You know, he, he messes with your mind. Especially when you've committed a sin. You're not, if you're a Christian and there's a sin in our life, 
there's no peace. Yeah, you always whatever. This is not um, a small piece of the armory that we have. This is a big part, having the peace of God. So if you don't have peace in your life, you need to kneel down from time to time. Say, God, I want, you, I want this peace. I want to have a peaceful mind. And the gospel assures us of that. Number, uh, this next one is faith. Okay? And it's called a shield of faith. This is not saving faith. This is living faith. You know, there's a difference between a saving faith, meaning, you know, the capacity to believe in Jesus and to believe in God. That's not this, what this faith is. This is living faith. This is that, that strengthening of our trust in God that assures us of His presence and His power and His participation in our life, lives. It shields us from all the missiles that the devil is firing at us. You need to have that faith. Hebrews 11, 6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. You know, it's speaking to us. You know, don't, don't talk to your best friend before you speak to God on issues that you're dealing with. Don't, don't speak to anyone else before you speak to God and consult God's Word. Then there's salvation. The helmet of salvation, I believe it's called. Satan attacks our thoughts. If he can give us doubts as to our eternal destiny, he will do it. He will put all the doubts in our salvation. He attacks our minds. You know, he makes us make decisions uh, that our hearts wouldn't make. That's why we fear the Lord, but... You know, we need to guard our minds. We need to guard our thoughts because that's, that's an area where, where the devil will, will try to whisper things. Second Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace of knowledge, grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. The more we know who Jesus is, the more our minds will be occupied by what he is all about, by what he says. You know, faith comes from hearing, the Bible says, and hearing by the word about Christ. It's not just the word of Christ, but understanding who Jesus is. Word about him. What, how, how do we see him? What, what is our understanding of who Jesus is? Th- those are important things. And of course, the word. That's, a, that's the sixth weapon. The word of God. The word of God uh, is indispensable, is, is, is irreplaceable. In the hearts and minds of, of people, because that's our main weapon against being defeated when we, when we have temptation or being deceived. So that's an important thing. Hebrews 4.12 says, The Word of God is alive and active, sharper than, double-edged, than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And finally, this is not actually a weapon, but... He included here in verse 18, and that's prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is the, 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 the ultimate um, go-ahead. You know, we, we, we armor ourselves. We put on the full armor. Once we have all of that armor, so to speak, it's time to engage. So prayer is then the firing shot. That's when we go for it. That's when we engage the enemy that's when we know that we're not alone, that we're fighting this battle 
with God and His angels and He's helping us. Don't ask me why we have to go through this. I'm not smart enough to know. All I know is that we need to fight this fight and we need prayer. We need God's Spirit to be with us. Okay, so we need to be engaged and we do that through prayer and then we make our stand and that is we encourage ourselves in the Lord. The uh, Bible says that when we pray, we pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's, for all the Lord's people. So needless to say, I mean, prayer is a big subject in the Bible, but prayer is our ultimate engagement. That's the, that's the push button when once we are arm, armored ourselves. Okay, and then we be encouraged, verses six, uh, verse, uh, chapter 6, 21 to 22. Tychicus, my dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I'm doing, Paul writes. I am sending him to you for this very reason, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. So being, being encouraged here is being around people who are in the same battle as you. You know, you're not fighting this battle with just yourself. You, you know, no Christians is alone. We're all fighting this together. So that should be an encouragement. That should bring you to the house of God every Sunday because you are in the same battle as everybody else. Okay, and there's a final point here. Um, and that is we need to assess this conflict. We, we really need to have a clear view. We need to have an assessment of what this battle, this, this, this conflict really is. Verse 12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. A couple of things um, that I just want to point out. Number one, this battle is both fought in the natural and in the supernatural. Okay? There, there are things that, that, that happen naturally in the world. But not everything that happens has a natural explanation. Okay? Uh, you know, when, when, when somebody, um, you know, becomes a victim of a, of, a, of a calamity or a natural disaster, you know, we can pretty much you know, give a natural explanation, you know, that the person is, you know, uh, maybe at the wrong place at the wrong time or, the, the, you know, the natural disasters are caused by this or that scientific explanations and all of that's true, okay? But we still fight the devil's uh, lies when it comes to those types of things, when, when things like that happen, okay? We can't simply say, oh, you know, there's another earthquake that happened or there's another tsunami or there's a this and that. Oh, you know, that, 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 this world must be dying and all of that stuff. You know, I, I mean, we know the natural explanation, but we need to understand that how we respond to these natural things matter as well in our battle. And then there's supernatural things uh, that we engage in. In the heavenly realms, you know, you know I, I'm a firm believer that the, the devil is setting traps that we walk in. You know, uh, sometimes things happen and you don't expect them to happen, but because you walk in a trap and you didn't even know. So there are some supernatural goings on in, in, in our lives that, that, that we're engaging. And we need to be aware of that. And also, number two, 
We need to convince ourselves that the enemy is not more powerful than God. He has limited power. Uh, that, makes it, that makes the battle winnable when we know that he cannot ultimately win against the Christian. But he can, he can exert some damage. He can even sway many Christians to a defeated life, to a life devoid of any kind of confidence. And finally, we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. We already won. We already assured that the war has been won. It's just now up to us to fight these battles for those two reasons. For the glory of God, as we're being transformed, and because we're being transitioned away from this temporal place to our place in eternity. I know some of us are dealing with these things on a daily basis. Uh, some of you, it's a miracle that you're here this morning. <laughs> uh, some of you, it's a, it's a minor miracle that uh, you have triumphed, triumphed over the, the temptation uh, not to be here. <laughs> or the temptation to do things that are not, not glorifying to God. God has given us everything. He has given us salvation. He has given us the church. He has given us His Word. And He has given us His Holy Spirit. We are equipped to fight the battle. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 10.30 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.